Hawks Hawks live every Thursday from 7 to 9 live at Snoqualmie Casino. Now, here's your host, Dave Dave Wyman. Welcome back to the Snoqualmie Casino. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, and Michael Bumpus. And we're all wringing our hands here on Hawks Live over Lamar Jackson. And uh, I just, you know, I'd seen his numbers, guys, and watching him on the coaching tape and the All-22 and just watching how, you know, one of the things that uh, I think you have to do is look at the opponent's. You know, look at uh, when a guy is running, look at what it does to the defenders, the guys that are trying to tackle him. And you just feel sorry for him. As a matter of fact, one of their better defensive players, uh, Matthew Judon, was talking about how I'm glad I don't have to face him because they see him in practice every day. Um, guys, 460 yards rushing. They have by far the number one running team in the NFL. And last year they were second. And, you know, Lamar Jackson was a huge part of that. But the guy's 10-3, and three, and he can throw the ball. And But is is it sustainable? I mean, he is a wow, really tough that's a, guy. That's a tough one. You that's know, a, and I, you look at Kaepernick, and he he's pretty similar to Colin Kaepernick, the way he ran the ball. But, you know, he was pretty slight, whereas Jackson looks like he's a little bit beefier. Maybe he can take hits, but he seems like a tough guy. But eventually... If you're taking hits like that to your quarterback, you're going to wear down. I don't. I don't think you can sustain that. I think you do it now because it works, and he's young. He's 22. He's athletic. But when I watch that offense, and no disrespect, I don't say this saying, "Oh, they don't know what they're doing." But it reminds me of a varsity high school offense where you want your best athletes to have the ball in his hands as much as you can, and they're relying on him to make a lot of plays. You add Mark Ingram in the backfield, so that takes some pressure off him. But in the long run, if he wants to have a 10. 15-year career in the NFL, you can't take hits. Running backs take the most hits. By 30, you're, you're saying they're washed up. So they got to limit the hits on this guy. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, you've got him, you got Jackson and Ingram both on pace to have over 1,000 yards rushing. That's unheard of. A quarterback, 1,000 yards rushing. Russell Wilson led, the, I think, our team one year. I can't remember, was it two, 15 or 16 in rushing? And a lot of it was out of necessity, and some of it was, was scrambling. Was it seventeen? Yeah, when he was, God, was only two years ago for every touchdown except for one to yeah. J.D. McKissick, and, and, and it was out of necessity. And, and early in his career, he was more dangerous. So, you know, we selectively used him on the read option, and he could go the distance. I've never seen. I've seen Cam Newton do it, where he says, "I'm willing to take the hit," and I, I'll disagree with you a little bit, Dave. I think he's more slight than Kaepernick was. Kaepernick in his heyday was ripped. I mean, he was a specimen physically, and he could take those hits. He had a long, skinny arm. Yeah, but it, now we, I mean, now, but, you know, his first few years, he was 225, 30 pounds. I mean, he was, he was a pretty good-sized guy. Cam Newton, you know, 260 pounds, could take a hit. Look what it's done to him. I've just never seen a team who's truly committed in the NFL to do what they would do in college and say we are going to use our quarterback as a true another running back weapon and when you do that and you're running those fly sweeps and the read option you got an extra guy in the running game that a defense you can't account for it we, yeah. you don't have enough guys to stop that the way you stop it is you lay him out and the fear of you keep doing this you'll be out for the season they don't seem to care about that he'll take those read options and he's right down the middle of the field it's yeah. not even on the edge so it's um it is scary because he is the fastest quarterback i've ever seen and michael vick was 
pretty fast. Cunningham, there's been some fast quarterbacks. This guy is a world-class sprinter who can run the football and throw. I don't know if we've ever seen anybody at that level before. It is going to take everything for the Seahawks to play disciplined defense and really tackle well. Uh, I wonder who you guys think has to have the best game. And, and I think, actually, it matches up pretty well with uh, their regular personnel package. They're leaving three linebackers out there. If they're going to run the ball a lot, it looks like they're in 11 personnel. They've got a fullback uh, that, that they'll, they'll throw in there. But for the most part, Patrick Ricard, who plays D-line also, <laughs> I saw him get a tip pass the other day. And, you know, he's playing all over the place, kind of a both-ways type of player. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like Bobby, KJ, Kendricks, you know, they're going to be out there and hopefully able to stop the run. But um, I feel like Bobby is the guy that really needs to step up here and have a big game. He is one of those guys that, uh, you know, he is always capable of making big plays. I feel like in order to win, he needs to have a San Francisco game from last year. Remember that? He had a sack, yeah. a fumble recovery, a forced fumble, a, t- a pick six, and he's going to need to come up big. And, you know, one of the things about Bobby is his speed. And everybody on the team talks about it, how he's one of the top two or three fastest guys on that yeah. team. I'm not sure if that's still the case, but uh, he's incredibly athletic, and you see him with this burst. Remember his rookie year, tracking down Cam Newton and sacking him. So I feel like that's maybe one of the keys anyway. You can't do it with just one guy, but I feel like Bobby has to have a really good game. I think whoever, whoever has contained, sometimes it's a safety and it's a backer, whoever has contained has to have a good a good uh, a good game or a good play on that play because what's the strength of this defense right now? It's the linebacker core. You keep intent, you make him step up and go up the middle of the field, then we have a better chance of Bobby getting a hold of him, KJ getting a hold of him. So uh, those edge rushers or a safety, if he comes down, whoever has contain on any situation, do your job, and I think that will help the Seahawks defense. Yeah, I, I, I'll say Bobby too, Dave, and, and that partly of the game's different now, particularly in the way they run the ball with the quarterback. It's no longer where flow you know, comes your way, you have one gap. And if it goes away, you've got a gap on the other side of the center. Right. Here, you have to play two gaps because there is an extra ball care. There's an extra right. lane that you've got to account for. And Bobby, because they will run the ball up the middle with the quarterback, he's got to play that and be able to scrape to the outside. I think, I think you're right. I think 80% of those plays, it's going to be on Bobby. But the most important people to me is those four defensive backs. They cannot give up a big play. They've got to be in pursuit, great angles, because he's going to pop one. He's going to pop one through that line. He's going to get past the linebackers. That secondary's got to come in, and they've got to, they got to gang tackle this guy. It's going to be a 12-yard play, not a 40-yard play. Yeah. So I'm putting it on the secondary. Every big play is because of the secondary, in the running game and the passing game. So if it's a he gets out to the left. That backside corner better be hightailing it to be able to cut that thing off and not, you know, take it to the house. So, I don't know, maybe all 11 guys, Dave. But if you're going <laughs> to pin me on one guy because where Bobby's playing yeah. and he's going to have to play sideline to sideline, yeah. he's going to have to have a game. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about a couple of plays from last week because it led to – and I got this, uh, this information from Dory, of all places. That Dory Monson? Maybe he got it from you. That's that possible. The Browns had three scoring drives in the, to start the game. It's the first time that's happened since 2008 yeah. to the Seahawks. Yeah. So, uh, and, and one of those, uh, the, the run by Nick Chubb, 
where he cuts it all the way back. And, you know, it's funny, in the beginning, at first, I thought for sure it was a safety's fault. We won't name names. And then when I looked at the alignment, I thought, well, it might be the defensive end's fault. And then uh, the next play was a touchdown to Ricky Seals-Jones. And, uh, you know, that was interesting that Shaq got run out of his deep zone. Looks like cover three, and he was the deep third guy. And then the tight end came all the way across, and everybody thought that was Michael Kendrick's uh, responsibility. But, I mean, he was like 25 yards deep by the time he caught the ball. So, But th- those are the, the kinds of things that it's always just one thing in the NFL that you look at one guy or one person trying to either do too much or just not doing their job or, you know, just having, you know, a, a goof up that that's where in the NFL the opposing offense always finds it. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of you, you spoke to Burke Hervin today. Yep. Didn't he mention something like that? He goes, he did. the difference between that and college is a 12-yard gain and a touchdown. And, yeah. you know, you just can't make the simple mistakes in the NFL because you'll get exposed and because everyone's good in the NFL. You'll have a sorry team. You'll have the Bucks against Miami and everyone's saying, oh, this game is garbage. If you look at that film, you'll see 22 ballers on the field. They might not be playing cohesively or together, but all it takes is one breakdown in this league and big plays happen all the time. Well, and it happens often where you can look at a tape and go, wow, we didn't play that bad. And you can look at one offensive lineman and say, well, he only made one mistake. Well, if every one of those offensive linemen makes one mistake, that's five huge plays. And yeah. same thing defensively. You could say, I had a 99% score. We, you could all have a 99% score. But if each one of you are making a mistake and there's 11 of them on defense, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're talking about 20%, 30% of the plays. Uh, it's, that doesn't play out. So they're going to have to play disciplined defense. And that, that's the one thing the Seahawks, I'm, there's, I, I always believe after the sixth game, you are who you are. We, we know the type of team we are at this point. You don't magically all of a sudden get way better. I think defensively we still um, have more upside, and I think with Jamarco Jones on the offensive line, there's some, still some high ceiling on the offense. But the, the mistakes rarely stop after the sixth game. You kind of go, okay, this is who we are, and, and we're going to have to play whatever defense that you know, gives us the best chance to win. All right, coming up next, we're all going to turn into coaches. We're going to go inside the film room. Oh, Michael Bumpus is actually the only one that's a real coach here. Ouch. How was your team no, you doing, guys, by you the guys way? are coaches, man. Uh, you know, it's kind of like being a president. Sport. You know, once you were a coach, people still call yeah, me coach. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. you know, we're good. <laughs> well, coming up next, we will go inside the film room and break down three of the biggest plays from the win, 32-28 win over the Cleveland Browns. That's next here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Snoqualmie Casino out here. I want to thank Tara from Snoqualmie Casino. She, Yes, Paul, there you go. No, little, they've been little, awesome. little applause. They've done a great yeah. job for us out here and uh, judged the uh, a little contest here for Seahawk fans. Gave away a couple of tickets. So, yeah, really cool. We love that they have us out here every Thursday night during the season right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Paul Moyer, Dave Wyman, and Michael Bumpus. And we're going to look at three of the bigger plays. And a touchdown scramble by Russell Wilson is number one. And, you know, we'll talk about this after, but uh, when I saw this play originally, I thought maybe that it was actually a designed scramble play. 
Russ takes the shotgun snap. Lork steps up. Got running room. 15, 10, 5. He's going to go in. Touchdown, Seahawks. From 16 yards out, Russell Wilson steps up. Big hole in the middle of the Cleveland defense, and he takes it to the house. The Seahawks are one point away from tying this one up. Yeah, Russell, and so what he got was man-to-man coverage. I guess the reason why I thought it might have been a, a designed play call is that the receivers were all seven, eight yards deep in the end zone, and so they had run everybody off. So, you know, he identified man coverage. There's nobody in the middle of the field. That was the other thing. I thought they, they looked like they kind of cleared out. And, uh, but Russell, everybody's back's turn. Cover one and man-to-man defense. No, nobody was looking at Russell, and uh, he looked pretty fast on that play, too. Yeah, they, they caught him in a, in a blitz, too. The guy over the, the slot back blitzes, so that brings the other safety down, and that really creates all that space. And they get spread out. The might linebacker vacates the middle of the field because of what the tight end action does. That's just a heads-up play by Russell Wilson, not trying to force the ball, taking what the defense is giving him. Part of the Red Sea, easy six points. Yeah, this also makes defenses think twice about blitzing him. And he's been so efficient with his running this year. And I think the, the highest praise I can give him, not just his throwing, it's his decision-making in the pocket. It's when to scramble. In the past, he used to break it too early. Now he just feels it. And on this one, he looked to the right initially for Lockett, and it, was, it looks like an all, a four-all go. And he's looking for him in a seam, nothing there. He comes back, looks at Luke Wilson on the left side real quick. He senses that the nickel is blitzing off the corner. Um, Jamarco Jones does a good job last second pushing the tackle out of the way, mm-hmm. and you know it parts like the Red Sea. And he knows all those what to things that you, you, you said there, like Russell saw this, that, that all happens like and that. It's right? a nanosecond. Yeah. I, had, I had to replay it like eight times <laughs> yeah. to be able to add my my analysis on it and he did that in a fraction of a second well and that's what uh, i know luke wilson had, had said uh, i heard this uh, from brock that uh, luke returning to seattle now after a couple of years being gone that he just noticed that russell is so much more in command yeah he, he never looks lost he never and when he gets scrambled he's moving around the pocket really well his eyes aren't coming down he's always keeping his eyes downfield and he, he's just having a fantastic year uh, the next play, what a huge play this was. And we mentioned earlier the uh, the turnovers come in bunches. And Tedrick Thompson started it off with his second interception in two weeks. Play fake. Looking, throwing to the end zone. Ball's tipped up. Ball's picked up in the end zone. Coming out of the end zone, Tedrick Thompson. Going to get a block near sideline. Shoved out of bounds across the 10-yard line. Tedrick Thompson comes up with another biggie. Diving to the ground as he did a couple of weeks ago, back to back interception. Nice job by the Seahawks D stopping the Browns drive, and now Seattle with 129 on the clock still can make something happen before halftime. Great concentration by Tedrick Thompson bringing this ball in. That's the second time in two weeks where he's dove for a ball and yeah. just the concentration and everything. How about the play by Shaquille Griffin and how he's playing well, right now, guys? I, I was going to say there's. There's a couple things going on here that made this play. One, Al Wood comes, as well as, I think it was Clowney. It's hard to see. Uh, I believe he was playing the left end at that time. They collapsed that pocket. They knocked three of their offensive linemen down. And they were, you know, five, six yards in the, in the backfield. So Baker Mayfield really could not step up and make the throw. Why he threw it, I don't know. Because yeah. he's really not open. But as you mentioned, Shaquille Griffin, he's playing outside technique. The, the receiver stems him 
outside, which is supposed to create some separation. It, it didn't, he didn't get the separation. Shaq immediately just latched right back into his hip, undercut the throw, and you know he probably should have intercepted it. That's how good a coverage it was. But he's the one who knocked the ball and tipped it. And then you know Thompson made a good play of actually diving for that. The disappointing part on that is I think the refs messed it up. He got touched when he intercepted it in the end zone. That ball sh- and, and went to the ground. They, we should have got the ball on the 20-yard line. Wow. You know, we should have got the ball to the 20, but he should have known, too, not yeah. to bring that ball out. Okay, that's, that's the negative part. I get it. But, look, you get an interception and you see any type of daylight as a DB, I think I can take it to the house. Now, five yards into it, you not think. Not you. you I, well, look, even I, <laughs> even I thought so, Dave. But five yards into it, you go, you know, I'm not moving as fast as I thought. And all of a sudden, there's no longer daylight yeah, it, it anymore. it collapses quickly. Very quickly. All but right. That so, ball should have went so basically, the you're saying that the, the officials should have saved us from ourselves. Well, they, well he, he got hit. And when he dove, I know. But overall, you're Dave, saying that he should have. The ball should have been on the twenty. Here's, All right, here's thoughts, one thing. Michael. One thing I've seen from this. Um, here's the difference between a year two quarterback and a year a quarterback. Baker Mayfield stares down the right side this whole time. If he looks to the left even once, like Russell Wilson did in his play, he holds Tedrick on that side of the field. But because he's staring him down the whole time, uh, Tedrick gets to jump on him. So just the little things right there, like we talked about earlier, makes a difference in in a big play. Yeah, it wasn't just one guy on that one. All right, coming up next, uh, the next uh, clip here, um, Jerron Brown returning to his form from last year, caught two touchdown passes, and uh, I I thought this one was the most impressive. Single setback. Now Jerron Brown shifts over to the left. Russell steps up, looks. Still looking, still looking. Now it fires inside. It's caught. Touchdown, Seahawks. Jerron Brown, and that time, Russell got the time. A six-yard strike, and that ball would have taken the hands off of most receivers. Jerron Brown hangs on in the end zone, and the Seahawks have their first lead of the day at 24-20. to As impressive as the catch was, Russell moving around the pocket was just... He looked like a prize fighter in it, there with it, the feet. Yeah. He looked like Muhammad Ali, moving his feet around, and he, he's been so good at dodging in and out of pressure. Well, the, the ball starts on the six-yard line. When he throws it, he's on the 16-yard line. So he fires a ball about 18 yards at 70 miles an hour. What was so impressive about that is in years past, Russell would have taken off and escaped the yep. pocket. He didn't do that. He just was moving around the pocket, something like Tom Brady would have done. And so now he's got the full field. He can go right, he can go left. Every player is in play at this point. The maturity of Russell right now in his decision-making and how he is playing the pocket, it's light years. I mean, if he was a 7 last year, he's an 11 this year. It's that big of a jump. And I don't know why. Whether it's just confidence or just the team chemistry, that is an impressive play by Russell Wilson. Paul, yours goes to 11? I give him a ten. Do you know that from Spinal Tap? This one goes to eleven. Why don't you just make eleven or ten the loudest and make it louder? But this one goes to eleven. Never mind. You don't know this. Spinal movie. Tap. Yeah. Does anybody know Spinal oh. Tap? No. Please, please, no. Dave, please. You, you staying up way too late at night watching movies. All right. uh, I like what Bumpus I like about your the, thoughts. My now. thoughts. All right. What I what I like about this play is we're getting the running backs involved in the pass game. And the running back being involved in his pass game opened up that zone for JB. If that running back doesn't 
um, runs like an arrow to the left side. That outside backer slides just enough to where JB can sit down in a hole. And that just shows, you know, the evolution of this offense. Just getting running backs involved will affect the defense, especially when they're in the zone. You know what? That's why you're on the show. I, that is a great point. I'm watching. I didn't even think about the, how Carson pulled that linebacker to the sideline, which opened it up for a Brown on that. He's the only one of us that's actually a coach right now. Dave, we're all coaches. We yeah. again, it's it's yeah. we we carry that the rest of our life. He's just a better coach right now. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I have kids that I coached uh, 10, 15 years ago, and they'll come up and coach. say, "Hey, coach." Yeah. Yep. And then I look at him and go, "Who who are you?" No, <laughs> yeah. Hey, player. Yeah, they look a lot older. They look a lot older. Yeah, it's it's sometimes. Yeah, they're tough making to... about a half million dollars a year at Amazon. And, <laughs> you know. All right, coming up next, our very own Taylor Jacobs. He's going to take on Nico Thorpe. A little interview and a little bit of FIFA, a little bit of uh, video games, soccer video games. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Joining me in Hawks Live Gaming today, Nico Thorpe. He's got his EZ chain out. Hopefully it's not that easy of a match. In FIFA 20, we're going to play the new version. He's excited to play the I'm new I'm super excited. New Never version. played it before. So uh, let's just jump right into things. Football talk here. In the season, great start. What's been different about this year versus years prior that you've been here in Seattle? It's been cool. I, I would say every year is different. Every, uh, every team is different, different uh, teammates, but... This has definitely been a special year so far. We're just trying to keep it going and um, just get tighter, man, by the day and just get better by the day, really. Everybody's trying to get better, man. Do you watch any Champions League, Premier League? Are you watching any professional soccer? I know it's hard, obviously, during the season. I catch some games. I catch some games. I would love to go um, to one, like a Barcelona game or something or Real Madrid game, that'd be dope. What what can you take from soccer and apply it to your game in football? So what could you take from the world's football, essentially, and apply to yours? I mean, it's a team game, of course. You know, what uh, I got to work together trying to get that goal, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been to one. Yeah, only one. I went to, when I played for Kansas City, I went to the KC... Uh, they team, they professional team. I went to their game, and I would say, man, it's it's just a, it's a lot like American football. That's, yeah, it's physical, man. I wouldn't think that like just watching it, but like the refs let a lot of a lot of stuff go, like a lot of check in and just getting after it, man. What what would you say to people who aren't fans of soccer to to sort of kind of get them into the game as someone who? likes the game, how would you sort of sell soccer to American skeptics? Man, I would tell them to um, oh, go, to the, go to your nearest EB games or a game sports <laughs> and buy FIFA and then play it a couple of times. And then once you get good, because I feel like that's what that's what happened to me. I, I got good at the game and then it was like, man, like I learned all these juke moves and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, they do this in real life. Like, yeah. this is amazing. Like, these probably are some of the best athletes, like, ever. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly like, what happened to me, too, is that, you know, high school, college, you know, people are playing Madden and FIFA, 
and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm playing FIFA, I'm I'm discovering new people, you know, I'm playing with Liverpool. Yeah. It's zero zero for those watching on the stream right now. Close matchup. You yeah. know something about winning championships, national champion. Hell yeah, we were talking about that today, matter of fact. Tell me a little bit about that season. Walk me through what it was like winning the Natty in college, because I've never talked to a college national champion before. I think you're the first national champion. Oh, that's dope, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, what's it like? It was cool. It was a unique season, man. It was, it was just like everybody talk about. Like, it was games to where we would be down and. Everybody would literally not sweat. We would know we would find a way type of stuff. And it just turned into, like, we went undefeated that year. Yep. So it turned into it, whatever it takes. You, and we got closer and closer as it went. And then, well, I mean, once once everybody believed and bought in, it was over with. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of time. Ooh, ooh. As far as lessons go that season and, and what you learned and some of the biggest takeaways – um, that you still sort of apply to your game today. What, what would you say is the biggest thing that you learned? Um, I would say that the, like how big the commodity is, like uh, togetherness, how far that could take you. Yep. Um, I would say that alone can we some games. Um, hell yeah, man. I, I'll say I, I, I bought into it. I believe it. So if I get any hints of it or, you know, I'm settling it myself because I know what it can, how powerful it could be. Yep. Or whatever. So now you also got to play in one of the biggest sports rivalries in the. I'm just gonna say in the world. That's right. War Eagle, Roll War Tide. Eagle. You hate War that Eagle. second one. Tell me about what it means. What War Eagle means to you? War Eagle is everything, man. War Eagle is a way of life. It's a. It's just a hardworking person. You know, to strive for greatness every day, man. And, you know, we hate Roll Tide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what do you think when you hear Roll Tide? What's, I just, what's your reaction? It's just disgusting, bro. I hate <laughs> it. You know, it is what it is. But it's funny, though, because now, you know, being like in the lead on the next level, you know, you, you befriend some of those guys from the other side right. who you, you came up hating so much. What's that just, like? Becoming friends with some of those players. It's cool. It's a lot of it's a lot of <laughs> talking, bro. It's a lot of you know back and forth. But right now we got we got a common goal. Yep. You know we're Hawks. So one thing I've noticed this season from you is if people hear any locker room talk, any locker room interviews, there's a sound effect in the background. It's a caw, like a Seahawk almost screaming in the background. It's the bird call. People tell me that's you. That's that's me and one of my boys for sure. What, what's you, what's up with the bird call? Let, fill us in on that. The bird call is something that I came up with. Um, I say probably oh right after this goal here. Uh, something I came up with a couple years ago. It's just it's just simple like a uh, literally a bird call. But <laughs> it started when you know you used to hit the. The yee, <laughs> you know, if you hear the yee, then you know that's your dog. You know that's you know, pay attention. Something, something's up or something's something. Up. But then it got to the point, go right there. But then it got to the point to where everybody was hitting the yee, <laughs> and it meant nothing. It meant nothing, literally. So you had to break off, do your own thing. That's when I came out with the bird call, bro. And it's it just, I mean, 
If you if you hear that song, you could be far away. I don't matter where you are. If you hear that, you're gonna think it's one of us, right? All right, I'm gonna know now. Uh, so when I'm out in public, like, I'm out in Seattle, and I hear that, I'm just gonna perk wherever up. you at. Just know, man, it's one of your boys, man. We around, just hollering at you. I love that. So let's talk about off the field. Let's talk about what are you doing when you're relaxing? You watching movies? You watching TV? What do, what do you like to do when you're relaxing off the field? Um, I'm, I like to chill, uh, probably somewhere with my feet up or running around with my kids. Yep. I got two, uh, two daughters, six and three, so they're full of energy. Yep. Right now, so. You're in full dad mode. Full dad mode. The whole thing, I love it. We you got to, you got to talk to Pete. Maybe he can hook you up with some of those monarchs, some of those dad shoes. Uh, you looking fresh too. Uh, I got, I got, I got a fresh pair. Oh. A fresh pair of monarchs. Okay. I bring them out from time to time. You know what I'm saying? Every time I bring them out, I kill them. When you're uh, mowing the lawn? Nah. <laughs> I bring them out for the game. <laughs> for the game? Pre-game? No, to game day. Oh, I wear wow. it on game day. Hell yeah. Game day monarchs. You yes, and Pete. fresh. What about, how can, tell people who, you know, how, how can someone who's not confident rock monarchs? How can someone be confident in that look? Let me tell you how to rock anything. And I ain't going to say rock no crazy stuff, but... If you want to rock it, you want to rock it. So all you got to do is put it on and just go about your business, man. I love That's that. That's it. Just put it on. Just put it on, man. It's some shoes. Yep. Lace it up, and they're going to get you where you want to go. Nico oh, damn. Four. That's game. That's game. That was 20 minutes. In and out. Nico doing quick work, telling us a little bit about his life. Big thank you. Hey. If I hear the car. Uh, I'm gonna know who it is. Yeah. Is that good? Yep, yeah, that's right. that's that's that'll do it. And then that'll I need get, to that'll get my attention. Shane says easy. Three Z's. Three Z's. He's making it easy for himself and all Seahawk fans. Nico Thorpe, big thanks. For sure, thank you. There goes Taylor Jacobs and Nico Thorpe. I heard that ka in the uh, hallway the other day after the uh, win in Cleveland, and. Uh, Pretty cool. If we were all as cool as Nico Thorpe, Man. well, maybe Michael is. I know Paul and I are not, but he's a lot younger. I, than I we appreciate are. you guys uh, thinking I'm that cool. I'm, I'm still an old man to those guys. You know, I like saw today for the first time a few little gray hairs man, in your beard there, they're Michael. There. They're coming. I'm trying called, to catch up. Trying you know what that's up. called? No, don't do that. No. That's called wisdom. <laughs> is it? That's what you get. Some of my kids yeah. that they don't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, right here from the Snoqualmie Casino on Hawks Live, Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, myself, Dave Wyman. We will give you our final thoughts. I don't know about predictions, but how about keys to a victory? We'll talk about that next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. Love the good people here at the Snoqualmie Casino. Done such a great job yeah. at the contest. We gave away some tickets uh, earlier. Just a beautiful place up here. And it's a quick little drive. Come join there. us on Thursdays. Yeah, come up here this on is Thursday a good night. Place. We're here every Thursday night right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. All right, guys, let's, let's wrap it up here. You know, the obvious one is keys to, to win uh, shut down Lamar Jackson. How about that? Yeah. That's nice and easy, right? Yes. Sure. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I mean, I think the guy's going to be able, he's going to get his yards, but what do you guys think needs to take place for the Seahawks to get a win? 
Um, same old, same old, run the football, right? Let's have over 150 yards again. Let's have Russell not turn the ball over, knock on wood, have DK make plays. I think just continue to do what we've been doing. And last week the defense showed that they can make big plays. We can turn the ball over. So um, I just want to see something I haven't seen, and that would be pressure on the quarterback, get a couple sacks. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be some interception opportunities. Now he's got four interceptions this year. But this game could be over in two hours and 30 minutes. I mean, they're the number one rushing team in the league. They want to rush it. We want to rush it. You know, if we go down that path, I, you know, this game could be quick. They're number one in first downs offensively. I think they're one or two. I mean, they're very high on defensive, you know, giving up first downs. You know, I mean, they do a good job. And that's because, you know, there's, there's less possessions. It's the same thing the Seahawks want to do. I think this is, and maybe I'll over, overstate this. I think this is the most important game of the year. And, and the reason why is we play Atlanta after, then we got Tampa Bay. We have to keep up with San Francisco. Oh. And, you know, San Francisco's got Washington. All of a sudden now they're 6-0. and We've got to be 8-1 and when we play San Francisco because here's who we play. When we're 8-1, and I'm just going to throw that out there. When we're 8-1, and which no one would have expected. Not if. Not if. When. Then we got to, at San Francisco. We're at Philadelphia. We got Minnesota at home. We're at the Rams. We're at Carolina. That is a gauntlet of five games. Mm, yeah. We've got to be eight and one if we want to win this division. This is a critical game. I think we're a better team than they are, but it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be another fourth quarter. I'll take my chance with Russell Wilson over Lamar Jackson in the fourth fourth quarter. We're a better team, but we always seem to make it interesting. <laughs> always, <laughs> always seem to make always it well. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't realize the schedule they had coming up after that. That's scary. I'm with you. We're going to be 8-1. Got to get it done. Take care of the games you're supposed to take care of, right? When you, you look at a team on film, you look at your opponents, your matchups and stuff, as a coach, as a player, you think, okay, we should probably get this game. You win the games you're supposed to win and then win a couple games that uh, can go either way and you're, and you're looking good. But Niners. We're at home, man. Up with the Niners. We're at home. We've already lost one game at home this year. We, we cannot lose two. You know, we've got to run the table at home the rest of the way to win this division. And the, the NFC's tough. There's a lot of good teams. New Orleans is going to get Drew Brees back at some point. They've got athletes all over the place. Great defense. 49ers are for real. I thought they weren't. I was dead wrong. Admit it when you, when you, when you need to. They look bad in preseason, which just goes to show you don't Do look the at Niners preseason. remind you of the Hawks back in the day? Good defense, solid running game, okay quarterback play? The, the, the 49ers remind me of their running game is a problem. I mean, they, their scheme is a problem. You are going to have to really prepare for it, be really disciplined. they got a great offensive line. they got a great scheme. Their defensive, that front's they got five first-round picks in that front four. They're a problem, too. They're a problem. We're still three, four weeks away. Let's deal with them later. I was going to say, we're allowed to look three, four weeks ahead. The but the 49ers are not going away. Garoppolo is not a great quarterback. You go and look at him. He, he does a nice job. He still throws interceptions. He still does some things. You go, why? They're, not, they're winning because of their defense and yep. their running game. Their running game will be a challenge for us. But they're not going to win. We have to be 8-1 and one when we get to them. I sure love what Russell is doing right now. And I think a lot of the, the wins that they've gotten, I mentioned at the, at the top of the show, that four of their wins have come with a total of 
eight points in, in margin. Four points more than they needed, Dave. Yeah, and so, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we, we needed all of those points, man. Yeah, and I know it's, it's rough for people to watch, but, you know, it just reflects. I think this team's starting to really take on reflection of their leaders, Bobby and Russell. And great example of Bobby Wagner's leadership the other day bringing everybody over and talking about you know do your job everything but russell is just unflappable he never gets down he always thinks he that he can come back and in the last two weeks his 29th and 30th fourth quarter comeback win and and it's fourth quarter and overtime comeback win since he entered the league there's 30 now that he has and it used to be matthew stafford was up there but he, he's so clutch so I think also, you know, let's see how Lamar Jackson reacts to the rain and, and the fans. You know, and sometimes you come into a stadium. I remember this when I was in college. Coming to UW, you know, they would hit you, first of all. But then the rain would come, and then that crowd would get on top of you. It's like an assault on your senses. So, you know, hopefully the, the fans will, will show up there and, and bring it. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how, how Lamar Jackson Re- reacts, you know, in that environment. You know how we're going to win this game, and this is how, we, and we're going to win it this way. We're going to beat Earl Thomas twice on double moves. <laughs> uh, we are. He he's going to get so jacked up, he's going to jump an in route. Russell's already setting this thing up. He's going to pump fake him, and Earl's always been susceptible to it. Yeah. And he's going to be so jacked up for this game, and we're going to be grinding it. And the running game is going to be close, and Earl's going to want to make the play to win the game. And he's going to go, oh, and I can't say the word after. <laughs> and he's going to have to wheel. And if Russ going to throw a perfect pass, he's not going to have the catch-up speed this time to get it done. We had this conversation this week, like who has the advantage there. I was thinking back to the 2017 Houston game. He got beat deep because he jumped something. And I can't remember the name of the speed burner receiver that got past him. A couple series later, he's in cover two. There's a crossing route, pretty shallow. He jumps it, gets a pick six. So, I mean, that's kind of who Earl is, and I feel like definitely Russell he's a, has he's the a, advantage. He's a gambler. He should be here in Snoqualmie with us right now. He's a, he's a gambler. He'll take his chances out there, but that's what makes him great as well. Hard to play gambling when you're playing a quarterback who's got 14 touchdowns, no interceptions, is on top of his game, understands how to set defensive backs up. He is, he, he is the MVP right now, and I don't see it changing. You know, it's not like... Uh, you know, our offensive line's been banged up. He hasn't missed a beat, you know. And last week, it was not his best game. He missed some throws. The, you know, the ball was floating on yeah. him. He still completed 70% of his passes. Yeah. He still had an incredible game. Um, this is going to be fun. I'm Earl and Russell Wilson, that is worth price of admission right there. All right, real quick, Michael, who steps up? Uh, I, I thought Disley was the number two receiver. I thought he was going to be. We haven't talked about Will. What a disappointment. Uh, and yeah, the kid yeah. is so positive. But, um, you know, is it D.K. Metcalf? Is it David Moore? Who do you – Jerron well, Brown? It's, it's, it's D.K. all day. I mean, he's been the most reliable so far. David Moore has missed a couple of games. Tyler Lockett is our most reliable. But after that, it was Dissy. It has to be D.K. And um, D.K. just has to keep playing like a grown man. You know, when I saw him catch that slant and, and look for the stiff arm and look for the contact and play like he's – Six five, two hundred, whatever pounds. Like that's a receiver that I don't think we've ever had. I mean, T.O. was here towards the end of his career, and he was kind of that guy in his heyday. But the fact that we have a guy who can catch a slant and just be an enforcer, 
be a Chris Carson on the outside is beautiful to me. Something I wish I could have done, but at 5'11", 190, that wasn't my game. So. You know what's been impressive, too, is, is he hasn't acted like, oh, man, this is bigger than big. You know, he's just like that touchdown last week. He was like, yeah, you know, got yeah. it. it was just really smooth and he's been there, done that. I, I got humble. this. I, I am... I'm more than capable of playing he, this league at a big level. He brought the pacifier mouthpiece back, too. I think that's part of his... Uh, his that, see, if you had had that, you could have been... <laughs> that was it. You could have been six is foot. Is it actually a pacifier? Or it's, is it it's a, a mouthpiece, but it just, the it outside is a regular looks mouthpiece. like a pacifier. Okay. Mm. I was just wondering if there was <laughs> an actual pacifier. I am not that comfortable with myself to have been able to have done that back in the, in the day. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, he's a big, bad dude. Yeah, he is. You know, we were talking to Chris Carson the other day, and Carson was talking By the way, about you, that was a great interview. Oh, I, I, I kid you, that was so good. What you pulled out of him was so good. I mean, that was, um, that was a great interview. Oh, I appreciate it. He was talking about how much he, he loved DK Metcalf and yeah. how what a beast he is and everything. Yeah. So I figure if Chris Carson's saying thanks about you, yeah. you're doing it, you're right. Doing it yeah. right. All right, guys, great job. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank Clifton Brown from Ravens.com, Nico Thorpe, of course, the professor, Tara from the Snoqualmie Casino. Yep, they did a good yeah, job. Yeah, they did a great job out here. Brenna Hutchison, Odie Ortiz, Brian Schoening back on the board, and, of course, our executive producer, NASA Chobi. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next Thursday from the Snoqualmie Casino. Hawks Live right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live every Thursday from 7 to 9 live at Snoqualmie Casino on 710 ESPN Seattle. All new this year, a Seahawks player every week will sit down for an interview while playing their favorite video game. Watch the interview on our Twitch channel, youtube.com slash mynorthwest and 710sports.com.